right now by Van Halen. Did you know that Alex Van Halen, the drummer for Van Halen, was originally the guitar player, and Eddie Van Halen, the guitar player, was originally the drummer? Interesting. Apparently, Eddie Van Halen had a he had a, a paper route to help pay for his drum set. Really, so I didn't know. Out there, so he had a pay, he had a drum set to pay for, or excuse me, a guitar. He had a paper route to pay for his drum set, and while he was out there on his paper route, Alex would be playing his drums, mm. and he got good at it. And he said that the the point that made him realize, like maybe Alex should stick with this, he got really good at playing the drum part in Wipeout. Oh, really? Yeah, that song, yeah. So he got good oh. at playing that, and he was like, "Well, I guess he's gonna play that now, and I'm gonna start learning how to play guitar." Worked out. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Interesting. Um, Obviously, in 2020, the band just completely breaking up after the death of Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Still alive. Mm. Guess in 1986, he discovered sobriety after the passing of his father, and Mm. he's been embracing that ever since. Gotcha. Interesting. I I don't know. I feel like when when his brother got married, he became a minister. Uh, he did the he officiated the, the he officiated the wedding of his his brother when he got remarried mm-hmm. in his Eddie Van Halen was married to what is it Bertinelli what's her first name Valerie Bertinelli really Valerie Bertinelli yeah they were, yeah they were married and then they got they were divorced and then when she got remarried they stayed close and actually Alex officiated their wedding as well mm, interesting interesting what what do you think of of van halen when uh so like for in terms of um in terms of uh, uh lead singers like when david lee roth or david lee roth yeah i think i i think of them as two different bands almost yeah but i i mean i love the sound i, I i've just been on a kick where i've been listening to them a lot lately oh really and uh yeah, like I don't know, and I've just like I never realized how phenomenal of a drummer that Alex Van Halen actually was, and then just mm. I mean I think it's just because when you think of Van Halen, it's always just been like Eddie Van Halen just killing it on guitar. Mm. But it's funny. I remember seeing an interview years ago, and they were asking David Lee Roth about like just the different styles, and he's like, you know, it's different. You know, yeah, Van Halen with with me, you know, it's about. You know, it's it's not going to be about love. When it's with Sammy, it's a bunch of love songs. You know, you have, you know. Uh, yeah, it just felt like I don't know with with, oh. with David Lee with David Lee Roth. I felt like Van Halen was like that typical, you know, rock band from the eighties. Just like you know, I don't know, uh, womanizers, partiers, shit like that. And then I don't know. It's Sammy Hagar. Just seemed like, and, and not, not that I'm any like you know aficionado of Van Halen by any stretch of the imagination, but just from my experience, it just seemed like Van Halen just kind of became like a more serious band after that. But I don't know. That's yeah, that, that, that's my like, take on it. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, he was just saying that like you know the songs with with Sammy Hagar were more about love, and then when they have songs just with like. David Lee Roth, he he was saying that you know these are these songs are anything but about love with David Lee Roth, and including <laughs> the fact that David Lee Roth had a song with Van Halen called "Ain't Talking About Love." <laughs> so like just to get the message across and drive it. Yeah, home. 
yeah. So I it, it was a toss up when I was looking for uh, for a, a song to introduce tonight. It was between that and a, a Beatles song, actually. Could which you guess one? which one? Yellow Submarine. Yellow Submarine. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see here. The, the Taxman, sir. The Taxman. Oh. Yeah, that that one I don't know. You don't know that one. No. Um, but it's funny. You were talking just before we we. We started recording here, and we were talking about uh, you know added topics. But one of the latest breaking topics, we're just before this is breaking news. Obviously, by the time we get this up and, and run, it's been out for probably a few days, or, or it still could be fresh. Um, and that's the indictment of one Hunter Biden on tax charges. Mm. Yeah, I saw that come through. Yeah, yeah, I think they're saying two felony tax evasion charges and six or three, three. I think it is three. Three taxes, three felonies, and then there's six, you know, not quite felonies. Yeah. So I guess they'd be misdemeanors, but um, it's interesting. I mean, I think it, it's pretty safe to say that he will not be going to jail um, as he has pending gun charges that they were trying to link a deal together with. Could you imagine being incarcerated for a gun charge and then this guy, you know, he's the president's son and he gets off on it? Gets, he gets picked off uh, for, for the same exact thing that you did for Zay. Yeah. Just in a, in a scenario, you know, you get the mm-hmm. same charge on you and you're sitting in jail doing God knows how many years because it's a gun charge. Yeah. And this guy is just like, no, nah, going to go back to smoking crack and leaving my Coke all around yeah. the White House. How crazy is that? I It's it's a shit show at this point, to be honest. I mean, there's there's no there's no real softer way of explaining it other than just everything that's going on right now right now oh. see yeah <laughs> like the entire there, you brought it back the entire time. world is a fucking tinderbox at this it point is. in time and because of that yeah yeah we need to drink our sorrows away yes once again still sipping away at the crown royal peach i feel like this is like willy wonka had the everlasting gobstopper this is the everlasting <laughs> bottle of crown royal and it is only you know just an, an average size bottle Nothing, nothing oversized about this. I do not have the Costco size bottle. It's not that it, it wasn't delivered to you on a pallet. No, no, fork no. was needed. I got, I got a bottle of Maker's Mark. I'm trying to get through. So that's a tough one for me. Is it? Why is that? I don't know. I think it's it's a couple different reasons. I think it's because when I was first discovering whiskey at, a, at an early age of 21 22 years old you drink too much of it that was yeah but it wasn't one of those situations like you drink too much of it and then you're like you're sick you're that vomiting one of those no no i wasn't i didn't get sick i didn't vomit nothing in fact i, I just lost my goddamn mind <laughs> um, really oh god yeah i remember we lived we lived in this this area in new haven and i think i remember was, that yeah, so New Haven, Connecticut, uh, Yale, uh, Yale is there. In fact, pizza capital of the world. Is, it is also the pizza capital of the world. Yes, there's a lot mm-hmm. that's going for New Haven. Crime is also one of them. Thank God there was not much of it this night. So, <laughs> it's a crime capital of Connecticut, I guess you could say. <laughs> it is one of them. It's pretty close with Bridgeport, I think. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's there's a lot of history there, regardless. Yeah. That night would like to be referred to as ancient history. It is, you know, it's funny. It's over 20 years ago. But Isn't that crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was probably about, you know, that was over 20 years ago that, that this this little incident happened. So a friend of ours, he was in special forces. And a lot of my friends, they went to Southern Connecticut University. So we lived down in New Haven. I, I moved in with a couple of them after they graduated. One of them mm. moved out. So we would go out to the to the bar area. It's like it, it's funny. Like if you were to just like put a you know two cones, you know maybe you know a little ways away from each other, and then as an obstruction between it, you would put Yale campus and university there. Yeah. So that's where you would have to go through Yale campus to get to these bars. So I decided after you know my buddy special forces brought this maker's mark and yeah you're gonna go oh, to tough if you drink this so we drank some of that <laughs> you know pre-gamed with that and then had just like a regular night at the bar and then for some reason and the thing is is like this isn't even like a blackout drunk situation because i could remember i would use the term consciously making the decision to do this but it's like i don't know it wasn't a very smart decision, but I was like, you know what? Fuck this. My friends have been drinking. I'm going to just, I'm going to run home. I could do that. And I don't know if it was all like the chatter, like these guys, this guy talking about like his training for special forces or all that. But I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. So I left and I just like, I remember just, I, I took off kind of like a, a light jog. It wasn't like freezing, but my friend like it was like, she was calling she was like where are you and at one point i was just like dude i don't know where the hell i was I was like jumping over fences which was probably not the best <laughs> idea and ultimately she ended up finding me and so she she brought me back to to where we're and everybody was like hanging out on the front porch still of where we lived you know other friends that we had gone out to the bars with and everybody was kind of just chilling out there and we were just like yo where the where the fuck were you and <laughs> where are you, know, you in the state of confusion uh, very much so and i was just like it, it was funny because like she like i knew that i was completely lost she found me and knew that i was completely lost she actually would go on to say like hey i'm gonna draw a picture one day and like there'll be the the, the bars here's here's your place and you were just like way out in like left yeah field. i don't she's like i don't know how you even got there <laughs> that's like, awesome that's <laughs> jumping fences and uh but it was funny though i still remember like getting back there and like a couple of people like oh where you been all right anyway so then they get back to their conversation it was just like an afterthought so the only people were, were was like hey you almost got lost in the middle of new haven and slept outside who knows what would have happened but... <clears throat> that's funny uh though those were the days much simpler times then yeah yeah it's funny because i mean if you fast forward a couple of years, like anybody, if anybody is younger listening to that I story, know. they're just like, why didn't you just turn the GPS and your phone on? Yeah. That, that, that didn't, that there's didn't no exist. such things. Yeah. 20 years ago, there's really no such thing as iPhones. No, we were barely just discovering text messages. I remember the first text message I got, I was like, who the hell sent this? I know. Actually, that was the first question. The second question was how much is this going to cost me? Yeah. Yep. Or wait, I'm making a call before 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah those were cost very me quite limited. a bit. I know. I, yeah. I, I got the I got a decent plan where I knew like I'm gonna have to make a phone call. But I had a friend. Oh, Crazy. Man, I had another friend. Like 
I had another friend who would always turn his phone off. Like he got a phone. Yeah. His parents bought him a cell phone and he would just always turn it off because he was afraid to use it. Yeah. <laughs> but even after nine o'clock. Yeah. That's interesting. Like one time, like trying to track him down, like I got a flat tire or something like that. And he was going from the same place. And I was just like, dude, where the fuck? I'm like, man, this is the thing. I didn't have a cell phone yet. Yeah. So I was tracking him. I, in, <laughs> I remembered his cell phone number. I don't know anybody's number now. <laughs> I, I know like the number to like where I work. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like my girlfriend, that's it. Um, but yeah, like I remember calling him like on a pay phone and getting pissed because like you're trying to catch it where like you're in that like little purgatory zone where it's like before the voicemail picks up because then money, you know, it's going to eat your, eat your coins. Yeah. And of course <laughs> his phone was off, so it didn't even ring. It just went right to voicemail and it was just like feeding money to this thing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Like what such crazy times. I remember when I was doing cheers my fellowship. To that, sir. Yeah. Cheers definitely, to definitely cheers to simpler times. <laughs> when I was um ooh, it's got some kick to it. Yeah, that's Damn. <laughs> that's what I remember of it. <laughs> haven't haven't had that in a in quite some time. <laughs> this was probably a reason for that. Yeah, um, that red melted like wax looking stuff is just yeah. what it's doing to your chest. Yeah, that's melting the my fucking sternum out of out of my chest. Um, no, I remember I remember doing my fellowship back in two thousand five to two thousand seven, and you know having like a Nextel phone, you know, where you could do like the the um the whatever, like almost like the walkie talkies with people. Oh yeah, but I was um, but I. I remember like not really using my, like at the time you didn't really use your cell phone that much. It was really to make like an occasional call. It wasn't like the fucking these supercomputers that we have nowadays. Um, But I remember like leaving in my, leaving my phone in my, in my truck for the entire workday, not bringing it into, into the hospital with me. Cause at the time, again, we didn't use our phones the way we use them today. Today we do everything with them, but yeah, back but then it was like, like yeah, it's it's like it's like they're they're like our own personal assistant. It's crazy. Yeah, I think Elon Musk has gone as far as to say like we're basically already turning into a form of cyborgs because our phones are so readily attached to us. It's like extensuation of like our knowledge. You have an encyclopedia. Remember, you used to go. There was guys that went door to door selling encyclopedias when we were kids. Yep, I remember that. And then now, now, I mean, all the the information is right at your fingertips. That's fucking cr- what? Like what? Are, I mean, what the argument we could be made. Like, times. remember being a kid and being in school and just like there were some classes you'd have and you're like, I'm never gonna fucking use this ever. Yeah. Yep. But then like now <laughs> I, I I could imagine being a kid now and just being like, if I ever need to know that, I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah. I'm just gonna ask Siri. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't yeah, like the, these kids nowadays, they they just don't get it. I mean the internet just wasn't readily available then. And it wasn't like and with the internet, it wasn't like you just get on your computer and like, you know, you click on the Google icon and there you go, you got you got an internet browser. Or a search engine ready to go. It was you had to pl- you had to fucking disconnect your 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 landline from the wall. You had to plug in your fucking 
your telephone wire from your computer to the to the to the telephone jack in the wall. Yeah. And then you had to dial into AOL, which may or may not work. And then yeah. for the time, time you have to program like backup numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just crazy. Just I, I don't. What did we do back in the day when, when like you know, in a casual conversation, like you know, I wonder what happened with that. What the hell did we do? I remember. I used did to we just like... forget about it, and or maybe go to the library and look on some fucking microfiche if the information was published somewhere? I mean, I remember there's times where yeah, we had to go to a library to like make photocopies at like ten cents a copy just to take home to like to wild to put together a report on something. Yeah. I remember doing like, I had to do a, like a, a report on Colorado when I was a kid and like, I had no, my parents had a, a set of encyclopedias. I remember like just, we found Colorado in the encyclopedia and just, my mother just had all this stuff underlined. Like, Hey, these are the things to read. No, it would just be like, he asked chat GPT to do it for you. And... <laughs> it's, it's so crazy how the world has changed in, in 30 years, let alone 40 or 50 years. I, I was, yeah, I was thinking crazy. about it with, I was thinking about it with music back, you know, like I remember back in the nineties when, when Sony had those like mini discs or whatever. And I, I, I always said to myself, yeah, I was like, really- I was like, I really think these are going to replace cassettes and CDs because cassettes wear out over time and CDs get scratched a lot. These are kind of like a, a almost like a, a a hybrid between the two. And I was like, these are definitely going to take off, and they never fucking went anywhere because like within five years or so, um, iPods came out, and that's yeah. when you had digital music. Well, just before that. I remember like it was like kind of like a little transition phase. It was like between like there was CD players. And I remember mm-hmm. I got this like it was an MP3 player I bought at the gym and it yeah. held maybe 30 songs. And I yeah. would just like shuffle whichever ones I would upload or whatever yep. I put on it. And it, it was inexpensive. And then yeah. I still remember the thing. I you, like basically wore it like a necklace. It was light. Mm-hmm. I feel like the headphones were more heavy, like were heavier than the actual device. Yeah. And I remember like I had that thing and then the iPad or excuse me, the iPod came out and it was like the biggest thing. Like it was such a rage. And it I, was. Was like, I didn't understand. I was like, why is this thing? It's so much bigger than what I have. I know. Why is that like the thing? And I remember like watching NBA players warming up with them. Like they had those things hanging around their neck and like they're listening, like wearing it like a, some sort of fashion yeah which is kind of funny because you go to the gym now and it's just like the people that think they're fashionable have these big goofy beats headphones on <laughs> yeah on a fucking on a treadmill look like you're wearing earmuffs what are you going to make a snowman or what are you doing yeah <laughs> but yeah it's funny how technology changes but look where that trend so i mean i remember having that and then like the original ipad or ipod i i had one i didn't have the one Maybe I did. There was one that kind of had a wheel, right? It had like a wheel that actually. I think turned. one of the first ones. Yeah. And yeah, where you could like scroll through the music with it. Yeah. And then yeah. there's like another one came out and it was like a touchpad. Same concept, but it was a touchpad. And it used to get aggravated because sometimes it wouldn't work properly. 
but then like it, it, then there was like the iPod like video you could like download little videos on it. Yeah. And I remember like in years then you know a few years go by you could put pictures on it. That was pretty cool. Like you know it was a personal storage device that you could actually like yeah. had a little viewfinder on it. And then then the invention of like the iPhone like that thing was just like what? Fucking it like was such insanity. I mean I remember I remember when I was in my first clinical job from 2007 to 2010. Remember the the, the quote unquote smartphone that I had was, um, oh my god, what the hell was that 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 handheld device? It wasn't an iPod. What is that? Palm Pilot. Yes, Palm Pilot, a Palm Pilot Trio. And like at the time, like that, it, it was great because it had like a keyboard like on the on the phone. It was a pretty bulky smartphone, but the battery on it lasted like five days. I remember I would like charge it probably like twice a week at, at most. Yeah, but the thing um, is, is, once those things died, oh, you lost everything that was on it. Yeah, you did. Yep. But it had like a stylus on it. So you could like, you know, touch the screen with it. It was fantastic. But. Imagine that concept, like it died and just everything went along with it. I know. <laughs> got to yeah. re-update the whole thing. How yeah, your your whole somehow. fucking life got turned upside down because of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Like it's so so insane. Like just where we. How come. funny is it though? Yeah, but how funny is it even with like the iPods or iPhones? I first iPhones didn't you weren't even able to send a picture. I know. Yeah. Well, I didn't I didn't get my first iPhone until I was actually I, when I started dating my wife back in 2011. 11 or 12 was when I had my first iPhone. I had a I had um an Android phone when they first came out. I had the one where like the the screen like you could you could like push the screen up and then you had like the the keyboard underneath it. For some reason I just had an aversion to to just like touch screen keyboards. I just felt like the buttons were too small. So I, I had I opted to go with that. Yeah, kind of like kind of like a Blackberry, but I, I just didn't like how bulky Blackberries were. So I wanted mm-hmm. something that was a little sleeker, but something that where you did have that that manual keyboard on it. Um, And then after that, I was like, I'm just going to go with a fucking iPhone. And after that, I was like, forget it. I'm not <laughs> going with they're anything else. Easy. They're just they are easy. And very so, easy. Like everything is just user friendly, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I get why some people go with androids i mean they're kind of open source if they want to personalize it a little bit more they have that option but i don't know man like it's funny like to think that like the the brand of phone that you use like it remains similar for so long i mean you're talking about using the same device for essentially 12 years 12 years and nothing's changed with it you know, I know it's become a little bit more advanced like you said like it's going from like being able to not send pictures to being able to send movies essentially if you want to yeah i remember you used to like i remember we used to have to like download music mm-hmm. off like napster or like yeah limewire yeah i remember that yeah and then put that on whatever and now you just and it was illegal yeah and now for like a, a fee that you would basically spend for like the cost of like acd a month you yeah. basically have an unlimited catalog to listen to anything that you want to that's insane it is it's absolute insanity like no kids nowadays have any idea what the hell that was about no like (laughs) i could open i could pick up my phone or i could go on youtube youtube wasn't even a thing i know christ imagine like streaming 
Yep. Remember how it used to take you like 10 minutes to download a web page? <laughs> now no. you can stream. <laughs> I remember like, you know, internet started to become a thing and like to kind of make it more, I don't know, more appealing, I think, to some people. Remember they had web TV? Yeah. A friend of mine had web TV and we were playing around with that. I was like, what the hell's taking so long for this thing? He's like, oh, usually I go on to it. I go grab something to eat. I come back and you can go on. I'm like, this is what you're going to do? <laughs> 900 pounds when you're trying to pay your phone bill online. <laughs> but that's just it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't even, I don't I haven't, I haven't ordered a checkbook in years. Yeah. I, if I do order one, it's probably one every two years or so. Yeah. Everything's online. Yeah. I mean, you do have the, the occasional one-offs that you got to send checks out for, but... I don't know. What are those? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Right, hey, let's get into some of these topics here that yeah. we got. Might as well, right? Yeah. Where uh, do you want to start? This, are we at 112? This is 113. Is this the right number? Say what? Is this the right number? 112? I don't know. I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> I'm gonna go to upload. See. I'll see. You're yeah, let me let, let me go on my smartphone and go on the internet and check out our our. Uh, That's how easy it is. Simplecast so, page. So Israel and Gaza last week they had a few days where they just agreed where they're like you know we're not going to shoot each other for a couple of days maybe we yeah. can let some of these hostages go and get back to them and that's the crazy thing is once that starts happening and you like to see that because there's families that become reunited mm-hmm. um, this whole thing's just been an absolute disaster yeah. for both sides. And then it just gets the propaganda machine up and running on high octane. I mean, you're seeing things. I mean, I don't know if you saw this. I thought it was kind of comical in, in, in a regard because they were talking about how when the uh, when Hamas released uh, hostages to Israel, they seemed like they were upbeat. And yeah. the, the, the rumor was... Because these pass or these, I keep calling them passengers. I don't know why they would ever be passengers. Um, when these hostages were released, they seemed like they were happy and upbeat. And the rumor was that they were given uh, clozapam. Yeah, like <clears throat> because yep. it was to to make them seem happier when they were passengers. I think the happiness, I think, was for the freedom. And I think that maybe there's a little bit of just being, you know, the whole thing had to be bizarre, right? Because you're seeing well, videos. I mean. I talked about going down a rabbit hole on Twitter earlier, and one of the videos I came across, it was just like a leaked video. It was just Hamas and the initial kidnapping. It was a woman that was being taken away and just basically trying to fight off all these guys. It's hard to think, like, all of a sudden, you know, they became friends or maybe a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome, and, or maybe they were taken care of regardless of the fact that they were being held as hostages. Well, the thing the thing that people have to keep in mind about clonazepam or clonopin, which is the is the brand name, at least here in the United States, it is a, it's a benzodiazepine drug, and they use it for things like anxiety or for um, or for panic attacks or even for people that are um, um, like for PTSD and stuff like that. So they these drugs. What's interesting about them is that kind of like alcohol, I guess you could say, is that they 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 do this thing where they decrease your social inhibitions. So they basically lower your anxiety level when you're in unfamiliar social social situations, if you will. Um, so with that, it's almost like you kind of have like more of a care, carefree outgoing or you have more of a carefree outlook on the current situation. 
um, where things tend to bother you much less than if you were in a normal state of mind. Um, so, I mean, to say they were drugged, I mean, yes, it is accurate, but I don't think it's one where it's like they were given like ecstasy or something like that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I'm sure the hostages have been through plenty. So I think clonazepam is probably the best thing that, that Hamas could have done to them. So, unreal. Yeah, and like I said, it just became a big propaganda machine on both sides. You know, that there's there's been a few videos that I, you come across, and you always wonder what the actual source and if it's true, but that's propaganda for you. And there was one I saw, it was, it was a, a, it happened twice. It was, where have we seen this person before? And it was a video, it was one of the hostages that was released from Israel to mm. back to Hamas. And it was a young man and he was, he walked out, he was a big smile on his face. He was so happy to be reunited with his, his family. he was being released, right? And then there was another video, like this is the way he's being portrayed today. He's got two broken, or they have his arms and casts. They said that. Uh, the Israelis were attacking him with hammers on a daily basis, breaking his arms. Mm. So basically saying the mistreatment. Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot that came. I saw a video today. It was showing, it was saying that it was a Hamas soldier that got close enough to an Israeli military camp. I mean, the video was just like, like like if you were standing on the other side of the room and I was video oh where he's popping out of a tunnel or something like that where he's popping out of you yeah. saw that then yeah I did yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. saw like really quickly I was like what the hell is this I'm like what the hell am I looking at but after you, you mentioned it it kind of made sense so yeah and apparently they were saying that they he they blew the the tunnel up after they went back you see they, I mean, there's so much that's going on over there it's crazy I mean they're talking about because of all the tunnels that the that Hamas is using, they, they, there's a plan now to flood it with seawater. <laughs> yeah. Good. Then <laughs> so they're talking about like the humanitarian crisis that will come from that because it's going to ruin the the water supply for generations because of the salt. And it's basically, I guess, where the where the, where they get some of their water now, it's already brackish. So if they, mm. that, that happens, it's just it's, it's game over. It's done. And I, which I, it's a thing because then we're saying like it's it's the Palestinians, but it's the it's Hamas. Are they? I don't know. But the this idea, is, I think, is go ahead. No, well, I was going to say this is the never-ending saga in the Middle East of these terrorist organizations or other nation states or other dictatorships in the Middle East, basically using the Palestinians as cannon fodder. And, you know, everybody's saying oh, pro-Palestinian and, and pro-Palestine and protect the people of Palestine. It's like, yeah, I mean, who who will actually disagree with trying to protect innocent Palestinian civilians? Who really is going to disagree with that? When you when you really look at the fine details of this, who disagrees with that idea? But the problem is, is that the same those same Palestinian people, and a lot of it I have to think is due to ignorance, decided that Hamas would be good to put into power to try to basically run their <clears throat> their their territory. What do you think's gonna happen? I mean, nothing good has come out of a terrorist organization ever that I'm aware of. And you're gonna put them in power? 
which you know that they're going to just going to provoke fights with Israel and Israel's going to strike back. So, so you're, you're, you're purposely voting somebody in that, you know, is going to put you in harm's way because they could give a shit less about you. So why would you do that? And yet people want to blame the Israelis for, for doing something for, for flooding these tunnels and it may destroy the, the, you know, the drinking water for the Palestinians. Well, maybe they should have thought about that before voting Hamas in. Like th- this is this is my issue with it. I mean, it, are you that ignorant to believe that a terrorist organization is going to is going to have, you know, is going to have your your best interest at hand? They're not. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I hate to put it in that perspective, but. They're not. So I don't know. It's it's Talk it's just the it's a horrific form of buyer's remorse. <laughs> Why? Well, at the same time, you have to wonder if some people are are too ignorant to really to really realize that. Or are they just like, yeah, you know, Israel's the bad guy because of what they've done here? But why did they come do that? If Israel, here's the there's thing: so many people in that region that believe that though. Because they're so brainwashed. It's not even, and that's the thing. If if Israel really wanted to take over the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and the Golan Heights, they really could. They have the firepower to do it. There's nothing that could stop them to do it. Just like us here in the United States. Okay. If we really wanted to be bullies, if as a country, we wanted to be bullies with our neighbors, with Mexico, with Canada, or anything like that, do you really think that there's anything that they could do to hold us back? Not much. If if we invaded Mexico tomorrow, and we really, like, you know, you know opened up the spigot for, with our military, I don't see Mexico even holding, being able to hold our country a, a, a week. But we don't. Because we have no reason to. Now, if they provoked us for something, then yeah, we'd go and we'd retaliate. Would we go in and now annihilate the entire country? No. But if people, if we're, if we as the United States really are bullies the way people portray us to be, why haven't we taken over the rest of the world? Because we, we have no reason. We have no reason to. Same, but same thing with Israel. If they really wanted to take over the Gaza Strip, what would prevent them from doing so? They've been well, heavily restrained right to do so. How easily they can exactly that, and that's that. That's my point. That and that's that's the thing that these people aren't really realizing. Like, if Israel really wanted to kick the shit out of us, they would have done it a long time ago. But they haven't because they have no reason to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of countries attacking other countries mm. i feel like you know a little bit more about what's going on with this this venezuelan takeover of, of guiana i mean i'm no expert in it by any stretch of the imagination but i know that it's it, it well before we get into some of the details i think people have to see the pattern of what's going on here so this is the third the third conflict in It'll be two years. Yeah, two years <clears throat> where it's over contested territory. So if you look at Russia and Ukraine, 
it's over contested territory. You could say it's encroachment of NATO on on Russia's sovereignty. That's you, know, you could always make that argument as well. Uh, but Israel and Palestine, yes, Hamas is trying to attack Israel, but they're trying to you know say it's all because of Gaza and, and the occupation of the Gaza Strip and the Palestinian people. And now this, you have Venezuela, uh, you know, claiming that the that the Essequibo region of of Guyana in South America has been Venezuelan territory for for over 100 years, even though in 1899, it was basically decided that this territory belonged to Guyana and was sovereign was sovereign territory for Guyana. And Venezuela has been trying to contest it all the way up to and even past uh we'll say it's actually British Guyana, British Guyana's um, independence back in 1966 from the, from the, the um, from Great Britain. <laughs> so if a pattern like this continues with countries invading contested land, well, how long until China goes into Taiwan? I, not, not far off, I mean, to be honest. I feel like, I mean, the world has been kind of, paying close attention to that one for decades now and it's kind of getting to the point of it you know it's reaching that tipping point and this whole thing with Guyana and and Venezuela I mean the crazy thing and I said this to you you know when you shared it to me in a text I mean at least they at least they had the balls to say what it was over it's about oil. yeah oh yeah oh of course because Venezuela right now economically speaking is a fucking disaster so here's the thing with Guyana Here's the thing with this this region, and and I know a little bit about it because I have some friends that are Guyanese who who were born in Guyana, grew up there as kids, and they said you know British Guyana is is very poor, very very poor country, um, but I mean you know great people, most of them immigrated from India and settled in in British Guyana. I think even when India was considered to be a British colony back in the day, <clears throat> um, so great people just more if you were to if you were to describe the guyanese think of them as as indians from india with a caribbean flair it's very it's very interesting they they probably identify more as caribbean as they do um of the asian subcontinent so i i dated a girl that was guyanese about 20 years ago or so and she looked like she was Indian, but she was she was born in British Guyana, and she was there until she was about the age of five or so. And she was telling me all about their cuisine and everything, and it was just totally totally different from India. So just very interesting history for that particular country. But anyway, um, so up until 2015, British Guyana is basically almost like a third world country. In South America, um, for just for for people's reference, it's in the the northeastern part of South America. It borders Venezuela to the left or to the west, Brazil to the south, and Suriname to the east, or or we'll say southeast. It's right on the on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean, in the northeastern part of the continent. So up until 2015, as I mentioned, British Guyana has basically been like a almost like a third world country. Um, but in 2015, Exxon Mobil actually discovered a very, very large oil reserve, uh, within, within the Essequibo region, which is contested that Venezuela wants to take over. 
And so they started, they started drilling and come to find out British Guyana now has the largest oil reserve per capita than any other country in the world. Or by 2025, I think they'll have the largest oil reserve per capita, more than Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, UAE, everything. So it's, it's pretty significant um, of, of what they have. It's lucrative. Very. So it's basically catapulting them from a third world country to potentially a a first world country in literally within less than 10 years. That's very significant economically. But the thing is, too, is that that region is not just rich in oil, but it's also rich in copper, gold, and several other precious metals uh, in that region. So there's a lot of industrial stuff going on there um and it's kind of interesting you know venezuela really hasn't done much that i'm I'm aware of historically for this region just kind of bitched and moaned about it and then in 2015 after that was discovered now all of a sudden they started getting more interest in it and even more interesting is that is now in 2023 with two other conflicts going on and another one you know basically in the hopper over in in china that they decide now that they're gonna gonna take over the Essequibo region of of British Guyana and basically claim it as their own. Part of me is thinking, you know, as this push for electronic or electric vehicles gets more and more traction, <laughs> I think like if that ever like really took off, and this took ha- this took place, like mm-hmm. everybody be looking at them like, you're too late, man. You're too late. I know. Yeah, <laughs> he totally missed the boat on that one. He missed the boat, man. We're on to mining. Everybody's yeah. trying to get lithium. Yeah. Oh, we got that too, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. It's it, it, I... the crazy thing is, is, is this is probably something that's the least being talked about the least uh, in, in mainstream media. And it's something that's actually happening in time zones that are proportionate to the United States. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, essentially that that's I mean, that's it's essentially case. mountain or Pacific time. Yeah, well, no, not even. I think it's could be either Eastern or Central time, in terms of like how they line up on the on the globe um, longitudinally. But interestingly enough, things are moving very quickly. So Sunday, Venezuela had a referendum to basically say should Venezuela take over the Essequibo region of of Guyana, which is essentially. 70% of the square of the square acreage of of British Guyana. So it, it it goes from the Essequibo River all the way westward toward the Venezuela toward the current Venezuela Guyanese border. So and it that would also encompass so apparently the, the population of Guyana is less than a million people. It's like eight hundred thousand. But apparently, 125,000 Guyanese live in that region. It's it's a, a a densely forested region, so it's not it's not really it's not developed, if you will. But it does, like I said, it does have all those oil reserves and and that other natural resources that are there. Um, so Venezuela had the referendum on Sunday to basically say, should Venezuela take over this region? And a quote unquote overwhelmingly the referendum said that yes, you know, 97% of the Venezuelan people said that they should that Venezuela should take it over. 
uh, considering the politics of that country, I can't see how any of that is is actually valid. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of bullshit that happened with that from a political standpoint. Where the so it just makes me wonder. So the the population of Guyana in 2023, as of Thursday, November 30th, is um, is approximately 816,224 people. So less than a million people. Yeah. So you've got a country with significantly less population than the population of New York City. So I, a tenth I quest- of it. I question the idea of you know per capita the oil per capita because this is based off of right population or is it by square i mean would they yeah it wouldn't be square miles per capita yeah per capita so i mean they could have four quarts of oil (laughs) (laughs) pretty significant well i mean it's significant enough where exxon mobil has has already begun drilling there Hmm. so it's not it isn't small peanuts i mean this is it's significant enough reserve yeah um that can that apparently brings a lot of wealth along with it and like i said it can really change the 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 socioeconomic situation of guyana significantly like overnight oil is oil is a very valuable commodity you see, you see the, any of the, the town hall with the clips of Donald Trump? He was talking about what he'd do on day one. He's drill, baby, drill. Day one, <laughs> drill. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any of that. Uh, that's when he made the dictator comment. Yeah, what what did he say with that? I, I heard about something about that in passing. Exactly, exactly in passing. Like, so if you tune into any of these mainstream media outlets and, and take it out of context and you're just going to see him talk about how he wants to be a dictator. But if you actually listen to him, if you actually see him, it kind of, it's, it's, it's not as, I mean, Courtesy. the guardian says the headline is Trump says he will be a dictator only on day one if elected president. Right. So you read that and you're like, wow, this guy really said that he was going to be a dictator for a day. <laughs> Let's hear what he has to say. Uh, I got to get through the, the Donald first. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Another ad. Another ad. Jesus. Girl dad. All right. This is there an excerpt go. from Fox News. Sean Hannity in Iowa last night, where the Republican caucus will kick off in just six short weeks. It was an hour-long town hall, but it was this quick exchange that caught everyone's attention. The media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So, Fox News can you see him comment. saying it with a bit of a smirk. Yeah. You know, yeah, he said it. Yeah, he said it. He said it. 
I think he said it in jest. I don't think it's something that he said, like, you know what, that's it, forget it, I'm going to be, you know, the incarnate of Kim Jong-il, and just, that's it, you know. Number one, the Americans would never stand for a dictatorship. No. Um, Although you you have to wonder if some really hardcore far-right people that are, you know, Trump or die followers would would be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost like, I don't even think that. I, I, I know that. And I don't think it's just that I know that just from a perspective of Trump supporters. I think in general, because I think for such a long time, there's this underling population of the United States that just like they're they're thinking that, yeah, I mean, look at the people that walk around with like Che Guevara shirts. Yeah. You know, people that want, think they think communism is is the greatest utopian society that could possibly exist under the sun. I mean, it's just, it's, it's disturbing. And what does communism come from? What is the form of leadership in the communism comes from? Russia is a communist country, right? I mean, it's a form of communism. Like they like to say it's a little bit more democratic now, but you know, under the, the old, you know, sickle and, and hammer, you know, regime, the CCCP, you know, it was a different time, but you know, they always looked to like Stalin and, and Lenin, like those were dictators, right. In history that they would talk about Marxism, like, So to go back and say like, oh, you know what, that's this, that's the greatest kind of government that we could possibly have. Well, then you're kind of saying that this is what you're looking for. You're looking for somebody that's a dictator. And I think some people like, you know, they want the government to be their daddy in all sense. You know, it's, it's. Because it sounds easy. It sounds easy. That's why. And it just, it, it, it absolutely it's mind-boggling how people how people think that way even in this country like how they think that way like have you not learned enough about history to really understand how all of this works well i think people have this misconception that like they don't have to work as hard because everybody helps each other it's like everything kind of goes into everything goes into one pot and everybody if everybody just like the people that don't lift as much they lift a little bit more that means the people that lift so much they don't have to lift as much and it, it kind of equals itself out but that's not that's not at all how it works in fact yeah. everybody has to lift hard you know yeah. you think like you think communism is this great idea what's going on in north korea people are starving living on the streets you have yeah. their their supreme leader who's doing these public just performances where he's basically crying because people aren't having enough babies in North Korea. Did you see that? No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. He's crying because it, like doing like a, some kind of, it, it's all women that are in the audience and he's making the plea that people need to have more babies in North Korea. Well, what's their incentive? The kid's going to fucking starve to death. Well, that's it. Or, 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 or they're going to get fed to dogs. If, if you, uh, you know, if if you have any sort of descent toward the toward the supreme leader with the fucking flat top, <laughs> it's a fat haircut. We're giving fucking away fat. free Donald Trump gold bars. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> folks. We're doing a special Black Friday sale. This segment of <laughs> Ocho and the Sif <laughs> brought to you by the but, Donald Donald Trump gold bar. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, Kim Kim Jong Un wiped away tears in a speech urging North Korean women to have more children. Oh. 
and you see he's he's there he's dabbing his eyeballs and walk up it's just a room full of women on the left and they're, they're like i saw a little excerpt look at them they're all they're fucking crazy over there yeah they're crying because they're like hope it doesn't please seem keep... yeah just give me a slice of cheese on the way over here yeah can't get pregnant if uh, i'm fucking starving exactly Jesus, what? A, oh my God! Like, what is going on in the world? <laughs> Seriously, crazy, dude. It's all crazy. God, it's all crazy. I mean, we got away from it, but you have uh, this the situation with the Houthis in the uh, off the, from Yemen. Is that correct? And I guess I, the thing is. I, it's not getting enough exposure in the news. The amount of attacks that are happening on United States bases in the Middle East. Just just tonight, just a couple hours ago, there was a, a rocket attack on the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad. I mean, you probably won't hear about it until tomorrow, I, I would imagine, because, you know, they're... Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's going on. Um, I mean, we've had ships on, or attacks on... Uh, uh, civilian ships and uh, warships in the Red Sea recently, and it's like we're not doing anything about it. I, I don't, I don't understand. So the headline that we have here from Politico is the Biden team is wary of retaliating against Houthi attacks at sea, which it, there's there's absolutely no rationale whatsoever as to why and it. So one of the things that that they suggested in this in this article is that the is that these senior advisors of the of the the Biden administration are saying, well, we don't know if the Houthis really targeted the 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 U.S. ships, and then in the same sentence, they're basically saying, well, the rockets aren't really that accurate anyway. <clears throat> well, if you had several rockets and suicide drones, you know, fall within I don't know maybe a ten mile radius of the ship, and you've had several of them. Again, I'm just kind of making numbers up. You kind of have to think, yeah, they're kind of targeting us, even though you know they they couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. So, so because you didn't get any direct hits, you're just kind of like just gonna wave it off, like that, or it just doesn't make any sense to me. And then tonight, like you know, in 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 relation to this, tonight, you know, again, senior advisors in the Biden administration came along and said. Now they really think Iran is behind a lot of these attacks using these proxy groups. You're finally figuring this out two months later. Like, are you really that fucking dense that, or, or are you just? Are, and this is this is the the thing that I'm that I'm trying to figure out. It's either you're stupid or you're purposely doing this on purpose, or you're yeah purposely doing this on purpose. You're purposely deflecting for a reason and and no one seems to know why i mean even the obama administration or, or advisors from the uh, from the obama administration have voiced their frustration with the biden administration's lack of response i mean come on you, you don't need to declare war on, on a on a on a terrorist organization or to, to take action the president can say yeah go bomb the fuck out of them right now or you know what i'm giving you the green light or the thumbs up do whatever you got to do so I, I I can't help to think that these advisors are that stupid. I really have to believe there's a sinister reason why we're not responding, because as you know, as much of a of a 
you know, a tool that we thought Obama was. He didn't fuck around with some things like this. Yeah, there was no, some things didn't. with 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 uh with Syria, with the fit with the red line, don't cross red line, blah blah blah. But he he I mean, it's just some things yeah. that I learned. But you know, I mean, a lot could be said even on like the uh, Osama <clears throat> bin Laden raid. You know, mm-hmm. we went into another country and launched an attack who was supposedly our ally and we didn't even tell them. Yeah, that was very ballsy. Supposedly it's ballsy. Supposedly he wanted to drop a fucking like twenty thousand pound bomb or no, sorry, two thousand pound bomb on the on the complex. And they kind of talked out of it. <laughs> to no, say, no, let's do this a, raid instead. And at least we'll be able to a gather some info. Right down the street, we might not want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a military college. Speaking right of colleges, wanna... what the fuck is happening in car between Harvard, UPenn, MIT? Getting called in front of the board, and they're just refusing to say that calling for in, in, what is it, intifada? Yeah, it's basically, it's a it's a word for the the genocide of Jews. Yeah, is against their uh, their 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 heart their code of conduct. Yeah, it which is crazy to me that colleges like that, in the liberal sense especially, they would be so anti. Elon Musk's acquisition of Twitter, now X, because they were saying it became like a, a platform for for free, like under the guise for of hate free speech. speech, for hate speech to to mm-hmm. blossom. And I, I do see some of it sometimes. I mean, if you play around and go down enough rabbit holes, you're, you're going to see some shit where you're just like, I think that's a little racist. And but for the but. In the grand scheme of things, I mean, he went on record to say, like, calling for the extermination of a, of a, of, of calling for genocide is, is, is harassment and it is against the code of conduct on Twitter. So if you have Twitter taking a hardline stance and saying that they, we're not going to tolerate this, which is supposedly, you know, the, 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 the shining star of free speech platforms. And then you have so called liberal colleges where they're saying, well, no, it's it's free speech. We're we're going to tolerate that. That goes to yeah. show, that goes to show something. Yep. And it's funny, yeah. kind of walking some of them back track on you know back on their heels days later, because they're starting to realize that there's a lot of donors to these colleges that happen to be Jewish. Yes, those are small peanuts compared to some of the larger donors that they have from the Middle East. <clears throat> Absolutely. But at least in China as well. So, in fact, uh, let's see if I can get a breakdown of who do, who donated what. Uh, let's see here. So, top 10 foreign countries, foreign donations depend by country. And the donations are in dollars. So, let's see. I mean, here it's not that significant in terms of Middle, Middle Eastern countries, but so donations. So by by twenty million dollars, China donated seventy seven million four hundred sixty seven thousand dollars. This is in twenty twenty one, I believe. England was second with fifty seven thousand. Then Hong Kong, then Singapore, India, Germany, Japan, Vietnam, Canada, and the Bahamas. Um, so these are 
these are donors, but I did see something recently uh, where one particular university, I don't know if it was Harvard or Penn or Columbia or whatever, uh, one of these Ivy League schools, I think the United Arab Emirates was one of the largest donors that they had. Uh, now, United Arab Emirates seems, you know, they try to, to you know, to disguise themselves as these, you know, capitalist Middle Eastern countries. But realistically, none of no, none of those Middle Eastern countries are really friendly toward Israel. And so no. these these <laughs> these university presidents are not stupid. They know how to play politics. So they're going to try to, you know. They're, they're going to try to sugarcoat this as best they possibly can without saying that they're okay with allowing anti-Semitic speech because of who their largest donors are. So they they know you know where the where the where, where the flow of money is coming from. So they're not going to be yeah. stupid enough to basically say, yeah, we're not allowing this. Mm-hmm. So but it's just it's telling. That on American soil, on American soil, uh, an institution of higher learning as prestigious as Penn or Harvard or MIT or Columbia or whatever, are completely okay with just abandoning their, their principles as Americans in favor of foreign countries and being and allowing themselves to be dictated to by foreign countries which is absolutely Bananas. laughable it's laughable because if it if it came down to it let's just say hypothetically speaking um all the middle eastern countries you know ganged up in the united states and, de- and decided to invade us and you know do really bad things they they wouldn't care if you're the president of penn if they captured you they'd execute you the same just as everybody else so the fact that you'd sell your soul to the devil is telling of how weak of a fucking person you are and how disgusting you are as an American. That's all I got to say about that one. No, I, I laughable is hundred percent the accurate word for it. I mean, mm-hmm. you have people being called in front of Congress. It's, it, it boggles my mind how I mean, they, they were given multiple options to, to write the ship, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they were asking, are you sure you don't want to elaborate on this? No, no, no. Um, it's out of, just depending on the context. Well, what's the context? Like, that's like sitting in front of, like, I don't know, insert whatever race here and saying whatever the slur is to go along with that race and mm-hmm. saying, no, it's okay to say it, just it's in, in the context. No, and it's not only that you're insulting the, the the people. You're saying that it's okay to talk about their extermination. Yeah, their their, yeah. their right to exist on this earth. It's it, that yeah. the idea in itself is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But you use the term laughable, and that'll segue into our last little bit that I, I wanted to talk about here. And that is the Republican debates last night. Did you watch them? <laughs> I did not. I saw some clips. I of... did not either. Do you know why I did not watch it? You didn't know about it. No, I knew about it. So it was on News Nation. Yeah. Do you have that channel? I don't have. I, channel. I don't even I know what the fuck it, channel that is. I have it as streaming, but I don't subscribe to it. So like, I okay. get like clips of of different things. 
Yeah. So you get clips of it. You don't get the whole yeah. thing. You can't watch the whole thing right. in its totality. And that's when you get things because we don't like to use things like context when we're mm -hmm. describing something. We want to take it in its whole, digest it for yourself. We want to eat the whole meal, right? Mm -hmm. and, and savor the parts of it that we like the most. When it's done this way, I mean, can you say, can, can you show me an example of a party not able to get out of its way? Like the, like the GLP, like the Republican oh, Party. Doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. And the thing is, is that I, the more you and I talk, the more like I think we find ourselves that we're not so, we're, we're, we're not exactly left leaning. I, I understand that there are some things I'm kind of left leaning on. Mm -hmm. There's some things that I'm right leaning on. If there could be like this magical third party, and I'm not talking about like the independent party that can't get a fucking any funding. I'm talking about just like a third party where we could kind of merge some of these good ideas in and they could cohabitate with one another. I mean, it's okay to be pro, pro, you know, pro second amendment. It's okay to be pro second amendment, but also believe in the women's right to choose. It's okay to marry those two together. Yeah. Right. But these ideas that it has to be this cookie cutter form of democracy is just crazy. And we've talked about this ad nauseum before, mm -hmm. but you know, this, this we're, it's almost like they're just saying like, okay, here's, here it is here. It's Trump, right? We're not yeah. going to, and, and in fact, last night, Megyn Kelly did go as far as inviting him to participate mm -hmm. in the, in the debates, which is, is funny in its own right, because he's been saying that he's been busy tied up in courts and he can't go to these debates because he can't run a, a proper campaign because of litigation that he's been going under. Bullshit, dude. It's a civil trial. You don't even have to be there. Yeah. You have lawyers that be there. You're not required to be there in a civil yeah. trial. You could have yep. went on stage last night, but most Americans don't know that. Most yeah. Americans are just saying that, no, 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 he's, he's busy at court. He's not going to be able to be there. Those damn Democrats are just bringing him through the mud again. No, he could have been there. He could have been there, but he won't be there. Because mm -hmm. if he has leave, why would he risk tarnishing that by putting himself up against anybody? And mm -hmm. the thing is, is if there was four candidates for him to put himself up again, I think it would be the four that were on stage last night. Yeah. Four, three, four. Four. Chris Christie, Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis and Vivek. And Ron DeSantis, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the clips that I saw, Vivek, I mean, I know there's been times where you and I talked about like his policies and you're a fan of his, like what he's bringing to the table. And I, I'm all for it. I'm all for listening to, to, to new ideas. I like the fact that he talks about being, you know, kind of anti-establishment going against the grain. That's something that Trump was. That's why he won, I believe. Yeah. But he's so goddamn annoying. Yeah, I mean, well, why is that? He's immature. In what way? I mean, some of the things that he said, I mean, things that, that made, you're, you're going for a position where you want to be the leader of the free world. And some of your attacks are shallow. Like what? <laughs> he, he, he was making attacks on, on Nikki Haley just based on the fact that like, she made a comment about him being anti-woman. And he didn't really... There was that. There, there was the comments on, 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 I mean, just saying to Chris Christie, somebody who's actually, I don't agree with his politics, but I mean, he's somebody that should have, you should, you should be, and he has worked for, he, he's done more for the country than you at this point. 
but telling him to just march his way off stage and, and have a nice meal. Yeah. It's a little like basically fuck off. To, I mean, I thought it was, I th- yeah. I mean, I thought it was good when he made the point about like, you know, the most that you did for, 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 for relations or whatever <laughs> was, was close down a bridge between New York and New Jersey. But if that's the, <laughs> that, that, that was good. Go, but the thing is, is like that he became just like the way I think it could have been a good point. I think it was comedic, but I think he should have doubled down on that. I think he should have said, well, you closed down this bridge between New York and New Jersey, costing millions of America, costing thousands of America time with their families. Yeah. Causing the death of whatever. I'm sure if he, he went as far as to base, I know for like there was, when it initially happened, there was reports of ambulances that weren't able to get through resulting in death. Yeah. So one of your own state, people state residents died because they were able to get to a hospital because of your publicity stunt mm-hmm. those are the that, that that should be the point that you're going after yeah. not just like ending it with a, a cheap shot like oh you should go have a nice meal and just never talk and go on the stage again yeah like that's that's where you're going with this man come on come on yeah but i mean i, I think what it seemed like i mean from the clips that i saw was was DeSantis kind of looked like he was he was almost a no show. Yeah, it just seemed like he like he he was kind of caught in the crossfire between Vivek and Nikki Haley and Vivek and Chris Christie. Well, <laughs> he Vivek, just, he just kind of looked like he he almost like just wanted to cross his arms and back up a little bit and just like be part of the tennis match. Just like he, he was like that Sesame Street meme, like that one yeah. just looks on the side, like oh. <laughs> yeah. I, um, but I, I feel like he just kind of he goes after he goes after Nikki Haley. Like the, the last one, he made some comments about her being a woman in high heels, and it's just like, dude, just stop, just stop. Yeah, but yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is that my my point being is that you know if if it's being looked at, I mean, it, it, it shouldn't just be looked at as a as an easy win, right? I mean, it's almost yeah. like I mean, when you have somebody like Mike Rappaport going on social media I and know. saying, like, I'm going to vote for Trump. I'm, I, I got to say it. Like, yeah. I can't vote for this guy. You know, I mean, I think Biden's approval rating, I mean, I think it was like 70% of the country thinks he's a fucking liar. They don't <laughs> think he's capable of, of running the country. That's pretty hefty. 70%. Yeah. Look, when you're using the term 70%, you, you, you think that's going to be followed with the approval rating. It's not. 70% yeah. of the country thinks it's going to, his mind is in shambles. And he's mm-hmm. losing it day by day. His son is now facing his second indictment. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, I think to this this might be where he gets an, an idea in his head that maybe maybe this is a good time to, to spend time with my family. And, and maybe I, I'm not. Then you get a chance to kind of get some better contenders out and, and throwing her hat in the ring in the Democratic Party. I mean, this is the thing. You got a sitting president and you already have name people throwing their names in their hat because they're like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Well, it, the thing you that's have, how you low have to... the bar set, though. That's how low the bar set because I think from the GOP side, they're just like, Donald Trump's going to beat Biden no matter what. No matter what, he's going to beat him. I think it's a pretty safe assumption, right? Yeah. So they're just like kind of like, all right, let these, let these four that are sitting in a battle for second place we don't really need to get their name out there that much i mean people know who they are but we don't really need to showcase them because for all intents and purposes we already have our winner here right he's already there yeah and the only thing that's going to stop him is he actually 
gets sent to prison. Is he going to get sent to prison? Probably realistically, no. Yeah. So that's yeah, definitely agreed. something that they need to worry about. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. And that's why you see what a joke this whole thing really is. Because, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> They're doing everything that they can to make this a fair fight. And what I mean is just that, like, I don't know. You got you got Biden, who's shitty <laughs> in his <laughs> pants. <laughs> but he's that old. But he's yeah. like, you know, he he's losing it. He's losing it. And the country knows... And a lot of the people I think that used to be in his corner now aren't so much in his corner. Maybe he's in saying like, yeah, Joe's a nice guy, but maybe also saying like, this guy needs to to hang it up. Yeah. And you got somebody but... like Donald Trump who half the country just would, they don't want to vote for him. But like face, it, I think the reason that Biden got elected in the first place is because his name wasn't Trump. And yeah. I think that's it. That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But I mean, to your point of like, you know, would you just look at everything that's going on and say, you know what, I should spend time with my family. These people are, they're as narcissistic as they come and they, they don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. And they're just going to keep doing what they do to try to sequester more and more power. That's just, it's in their nature. That's, that's mm-hmm. who these people are. They're, they're about as evil as they come. And they, and they don't, they don't care about their own family members. They, you know. Their their thing is, what can I do to leave a legacy about about what I did about myself? So they don't give a shit about anybody else. No, it's all about them. This guy's. I, I think you would think that he would have some people in his corner that'd be like, "You're if that's the case, and that's the route that you want to take. Like, you want to leave a decent legacy. You should probably step down now because you're not going to be leaving too good of a legacy if you keep on this." whatever this is right now yeah Let's see what they did there i don't know yeah right now <laughs> right now so coach in a coach seat on nice bound train right now she is going on with her life well good for her whoever her is she her or he she <laughs> she him yeah Right now, Ed's got his hands full. <laughs> Doesn't sound too good. Right now, you wish you had a larger TV. That's another thing with TVs from back then until right now. Right now, our government is doing things that we think only other countries do. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> also, fun fact about Van Halen, both yeah. Eddie and Alex were trained young in life as classical pianists. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Hmm. They they look like that was a band that used a lot of Aquanet back in the day. I'm sure they did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's all I got. That is all yeah, I, got. I mean the only the only th- other things I wanted to add with the whole Venezuela situation is a couple things. So um Venezuela's president, Nicolas Maduro, stated on Tuesday that um, ExxonMobil and some of the other um, oil companies have 90 days to basically exit that region. I don't know what's going to happen if they don't. Um, 
sidebar to that it was funny because as you said you went down a rabbit hole on twitter i was looking at some of the comments on twitter <laughs> people were saying that exxon Mobil has has more money to hire mercenaries that could probably fight off venezuela's military um so <laughs> there there's that part of it and then the second part of it is that things are are escalating rather quickly where the u.s is is flying um um they they call them routine missions with the Guyanese military. Yeah. So that's a Southcom. Yeah, Southcom. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The sporties getting our getting and if you there. if you actually read that release by the by the Guyanese or the U.S. Embassy in British Guyana, um, they make it seem like it's like oh, it's just like some routine things. Like, come on. Who the fuck are you trying? Are you really? Do you really think people are that ignorant? I mean, you, you release this just in time after Venezuela has a referendum to say they're going to take over Guyana, and Brazil has sent uh, troops to their northern border between both countries to try to de-escalate the situation. Come on, give me a fucking break! My God, no, it's just hilarious. So we're like, yeah, we'll take care of you for free, no problem. Yeah, yeah, no, this is just a routine. Yeah, let me fly fucking squad of bombers over the country just for shits and giggles yeah we got your back yeah no questions asked that's just what we do yeah yeah this is all free of charge it's like a dude that's nice to a hot chick when she's going through a breakup <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh other than that besides the u.s embassy in baghdad getting fucking rocketed tonight i got nothing else no. Can't wait to see what happens next week on Ocho in the Civ. Yeah. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> uh, peace out, man. See you next week. Peace.